Come on. The strong, the powerful Bonnie Trichel has returned to Lifeblood. Welcome back, Bonnie. Good morning. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, excited to have you back on. Bonnie is a JD. She is the Chief Solutions Officer with Endeavor Retirement. She's a leader in the ESG and retirement planning space. Bonnie, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Great. Well, once again, yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be here to talk a little bit about uh, myself, my work, and um, specifically about governance and ESG. So a little bit about who I am uh, when I'm not thinking about retirement plans and helping people save for their future. I am trying to keep my 10-month-old puppy entertained. Hmm. I spend time riding my bike and running in the Pacific Northwest. Um, and I also do some volunteer activities with ASPA, which is a division of the American Retirement Association, as well as some volunteering for Make-A-Wish. So that's a little bit about me personally. Perfect. And tell us a little bit, little bit more about Endeavor. You bet. So um, Endeavor is a company that I recently launched. It is a consulting practice. It's focused on providing retirement plan advisors with actionable training and tools to best support them is they go out to really support their clients and you know from my perspective really remove the weight that retirement plan complexities put on both the advisor as well as their clients so you know i live and breathe retirement all day every day and i um, weirdly enjoy the technical issues that are related to retirement plans but for many advisors, their retirement plan practice is only just one small part of their business. Um, you know, also the plan sponsors or, or employers that they're working with, retirement plans or managing the retirement plan is generally just a tiny piece of that HR person or finance person's day-to-day work. So um, my job is really to help create systematic frameworks that will allow me to train and empower advisors so that they can work more efficiently with their clients and make it easier to actually offer this, this voluntary program. Um, you know, 401ks, you don't have to have one. Um, so offering a 401k or a 403b as a benefit to really help folks save for retirement. So I wanna make that easier for employers to do uh, by helping advisors provide those programs. It's a kind of an interesting thing, right? Like- 401k is a voluntary program that it's a it, it, to a degree it's something that an employer really does need to offer but they don't legally have to and take that one step further it's it's can be just incredibly complex and complicated and the company can get in trouble if they do it wrong um so it's yep. <laughs> i don't know if that's a dichotomy or if that's just kind of a kind of a weird thing but it, it, it is a reality and then take that one step further now esg is it seems like it's a very, very sort of popular thing to be talking about, but lots of different ways you can sort of screw that up too. Yeah, so you're exactly right. Um, I think, thank you for drawing out that point that the retirement plan, it's, it's optional, yet there's lots of ways you can screw it up. And so that's where I feel like I can really fit in with, um, my vision is really creating strong governance frameworks. And I think for some, the idea of a governance framework is that, well, we have like an investment policy statement and that's our governance document, or we have a committee charter 
And you know, we dust those off and look at them, uh, you know, once once every couple of years, right? And so um, that's the framework of governance for a retirement plan. And my perspective is that if you really think of what governance is or means, the definition of governance is the act or process of governing or overseeing the control and direction of something, such as like an organization. And so I think from my perspective, it's all about creating a really sound structure or framework that will help plans uh, and plan sponsors or rather employers to comply with their fiduciary obligations. So it's about helping them be able to have this, I'll call it a circle of governance, right? Because it's ongoing. It, It doesn't just like stop once you've done it once. Um, it's ongoing. And to your point, ESG is a strong piece of that. So, um, you know, you have this governance process where you have to do it over time to make sure that as an employer offering a plan, you're not going to get in trouble for the way you offer that plan. You've got to document things. And when it comes to investments, we now have this concept of ESG, which is this shiny new object. Um, It's a component of the investing process and maybe one question you're thinking is like, well, what is ESG anyways? <laughs> sure. So, you know, I know, uh, I think we talked about that a little bit when we were together the last time I was on the show. Um, but I think it's important to just remind folks, what is ESG? And, and I think the context we're going to talk about in this show is as it relates to the retirement plan, which is distinguishable from your own bucket of money. And what I mean by that is, you can have your own brokerage account or your, your IRA and the context with which you're engaging in ESG is going to be different perhaps than what's allowed in a retirement plan. So I think that's the first thing I want to just distinguish is here when I keep saying ESG, I'm talking about specifically in a retirement plan. And what does ESG stand for? Great, great question. So ESG is environmental, social, and governance. And when we're talking about that, those are ESG factors, um, which those are just non-accounting factors. Or in other words, that's information that you wouldn't find on a company's financials. So it's a way to tell something about a company beyond the financials. Um, I've heard it defined as ESG is a measurement or quantification of a company's impact on social and environmental outcomes that are perceived desirable. Um, So, you know, what we're talking about, maybe a couple examples are helpful. So what we're talking about here is um, if you have an organization, um, let's say we're looking at a a company that does manufacturing and they're dumping the waste from their manufacturing into the river that's going right behind the manufacturing plant. You know, what impact is that going to have on the company long term? Well, it could have a pretty big impact, right? If they get in trouble with regulators or they get sued, that could have a pretty big financial impact. Um, It is hurting the environment, but it's also probably going to financially hurt that company. So those are the types of things that we're looking at when we say environmental factor. Um, There's also social and governance. You know, social are going to be things like um, the way a company is engaging with their their labor um, or their, their supply chain. Governance is going to be a little bit more about, for example, uh, the board of directors and and how they're handling compensation and that sort of issues. Um, So there's no set list of exactly how many factors are E, S, and G, but it 
it's a variety of different factors and you, you get the idea here. Yeah. I have to imagine that with social justice being on the forefront of, of, of a lot these days, that when a plan participant, so the employee at a company who's investing in the 401k, when, when they learn about ESG, I imagine a lot of people say, well, why don't we have more access to this within the plan? But that's probably not knowable. That's just, I'm just guessing. Well, you raise a really, really great point. So um, one of the reasons, and I want to come back to kind of the, are you allowed to do it? Are you not allowed to do it? And some of the muddiness around that since, um, you know, the middle of last year with some of the rules and regulations. But um, your point is a fabulous one because uh, there's a study, I think Natixis, uh, their study from last year said that 61% of workers said they would be more likely to contribute or to increase their current contributions to a workplace retirement savings plan if they knew their investments were doing social good. So it's this idea that you just um, so appropriately pointed out, which is that employees are wanting to engage more with the plan, save more with the plan if they know it's doing social good. So I thought that was an interesting stat and a great point that you're raising that we are able to potentially uh, get employees more engaged just by offering those ESG investments within the plan. I was going to say that being said, it's not a free-for-all of just all ESG can be in a plan. And that kind of gets us back to what we talked about earlier about the difference between your own brokerage account where you can make those decisions versus, for example, if you're doing it in a retirement plan and the responsibilities that the employer as a fiduciary to the plan or um, an advisor making those fiduciary recommendations, those responsibilities that they have under ERISA. So I think, you know, we're familiar with some of those responsibilities where ERISA requires a, a duty of prudence and a duty of loyalty. And that duty of loyalty to employees basically says, hey, employer, you're being entrusted with employee money. And what that means is you have to, you know, do what's in the best interest of these employees or get the best financial outcome. So you can't just risk the financial outcome for a social benefit. Yeah, go ahead. I think that, that makes a lot of sense. So and, and I, I think that, that the, the spirit of that is is, is, is is probably very wise, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that if, if, I am, if I'm Enron and I'm offering a 401k to my employees and the only option is Enron stock, that's, that, that, <laughs> that, that, that's going to be a detriment. And so people who are smart from the government or regulators or whoever it was said, well, no, we're going to need some guidelines. And so Enron and all of the companies need to offer these types of investments to employees in order to be doing the right job for, um, for the plant participants. And just having ESG is currently sort of running afoul of that idea. This episode is brought to you by Money Alignment Academy. If you are looking for a financial wellness platform for your company, your organization, and your employees, check out moneyalignmentacademy.com or click on the link in the notes of the show. 
So great, yeah, great distinction. So um, there are very broad guardrails that say under Section 404C that say you must have, you know, a variety or diversified um, set of options in the plan. So, for example, you must have some equity, you must have some bonds, um, you must have a capital preservation option. But otherwise, the the plan that uh, sponsor and its advisor have a lot of leeway in what they can offer, which that's the great thing about ERISA and and the the regulation here is that it gives a lot of leeway. That same leeway also leads to the potential for a lot of risk, right? Because there's there's guardrails, but they're not too tight. So when it comes to ESG and your point, um, and this is where the confusion has come up most recently with the regulations, absolutely there can be ESG investments in a retirement plan. So I think there's been some arguments of, no, you can't have ESG investments in a retirement plan with the current regulation. And I would adamantly disagree. You absolutely can. But you have to make sure that, and kind of the point that you were just making, you have to make sure that those investment options, if they are E, S, or G, in other words, if they're considering any E, S, or G, environmental, social, or governance factors, if they are considering those factors um, in their review of the investment managers, um, or pardon me, if the investment managers are considering E, S, and G factors in their review of the companies that make up the underlying mutual funds, for example, then what you have to take into account is is that going to lead to a material or rather like a meaningful or relevant financial impact? And so if if it doesn't lead to this material financial impact, then you can't do it. And so that's how we get to our, our loyalty to our employees to make sure it's going to have a financial benefit for employees. It's not just a social cause. Got it. Interesting. complicated yeah, right <laughs> for sure for sure so and 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 employers to 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 your point you know you're 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 making this optional benefit available we're already spread really thin if it's falling on the 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 responsibility of the cfo or the human resources team and they are they're already doing a million things so um so it is incredibly complex and, 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 and hard for people to sort of navigate, which is which is why we're here, Bonnie. Would it be just, maybe this is stupid, but I'm, I'm comfortable asking stupid questions. If, if I just had my standard lineup, which which is boilerplate, I've got, I'm, I'm checking all the boxes. I've got a large cap, mutual fund option, small cap, mid cap, international. I've got my, my fixed income. I've got target date funds. And assume that there are, you know, 15 to 20 different options in that lineup. Could I also offer a, a secondary lineup and just call it an ESG lineup? That's a really great question. Um, it, and I'll, I'll give you two answers. So one is, yes, to an extent, you can offer additional funds that are ESG to the extent it's not pushing out other investment options. So I think your example is a good one. Could you have kind of option, set of options A and set of options B? What I will say though is set of options B, kind of your ESG options, they still have to pass the, you know, is this in the best interest of participants? So if your ESG options 
they don't score well from an investment scoring perspective. Like their their fees are too high, um, their performance is too low, but they're great social investments. Then the answer would still be no, because they still have to be, you know, doing what is in the best interest of participants after following a prudent process, which generally is some sort of investment screening, right? So when you look at like Morningstar or something like that, what are the scores that these funds get? And if your ESG options got really low scores, then you wouldn't be able to include them. What I will say, and I think one of the mis, um, misconceptions about ESG is that a lot of investment options today are using something that I'll call ESG integration. And what that means is you may have ESG options in your your plan or your fund lineup that you as a participant might not even realize. And it's because a lot of a lot of uh, fund managers now, they are incorporating these factors, but it's across all of their funds. So they're looking at governance factors. That's just a part of their holistic process. So they're not just doing it for one fund that they call, you know, ESG bond fund or social choice bond fund. They're doing it across all of their investments. So it's becoming more of just the incorporated way of reviewing companies holistically not specifically just one fund to add to the lineup, if that makes sense. Yeah, that certainly does make sense. Got it. So what what should what should plan sponsors, so the actual company offering the four oh one K to the employees, what what how how can they go about doing this? What 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 questions should they be asking? Yeah, thank you for asking that. Great, great point. Um I think if the company offering the 401k plan has an advisor, I think a couple things they want to start with. One, tell me about ESG. It's just about getting educated, right? There's a lot of misinformation out there. So it's about making sure we're all speaking the same language when we're having that discussion. Two, a plan sponsor should say, or an employer rather should say, you know, do we have any funds in our lineup today that are utilizing ESG, either in a branded way, in other words, the ABC bond fund, or in a non-branded way. So what is this style or methodology of these investment managers? Are they looking at ESG? Um, I think that's, that's the next step, just finding out are they already doing it. I think three, it's about really looking at the needs of the plan and its participants. That's one of the requirements under ERISA. So you know, back to your question, which was a great one of, are workers more likely to engage if there is more of a, a social framework around it? And if they find out that their participants, this is something they're wanting, then absolutely continuing the conversation with the advisor to say, you know, we took step three, we surveyed our participants, this is something they want, or maybe they didn't do a survey, but they, they know that's what their participants want. They've been asking for it. So, you know, going that next step and saying, our participants want this, can you start searching for investments or investment managers that employ this type of strategy? Those are the types of things that an employer can do next. What I would caveat all this by saying is that ESG is becoming very controversial. There was an op-ed a few weeks ago um, by someone who used to work at an investment manager who really is embracing ESG. And it essentially said, this is all a bunch of just marketing fluff. 
And so I think what you'll start to find is that there's going to be some divergent paths, as, as there are with many concepts out there, that are going to say, you know, yes, this is good. No, this is bad. This is just marketing. And so it's really going to muddy the waters. And so that's going to lead to the need for uh, plan sponsors or employers, rather, to really have conversations, make sure they understand things, as well as making sure their participants under have access to education and understanding. Nice. Because why would we just get clarity, Bonnie? We need the water to be muddier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes, right? Yes. Yes, I love it. Well, Bonnie, the people are ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? This might sound like a really basic one, but I think ESG is a good example of uh, the tip that I would give, which is if you don't understand something, don't do it. Um, or make sure that you work with an experienced professional with the requisite knowledge and skills to help you understand it. So in the context of ESG, for example, as we were just mentioning, there's a lot of information out there. Some of it's accurate, some of it's inaccurate, uh, some of it's evolving. Make sure you understand. And if you don't understand it, don't do it. Well, I think that, that is great stuff that definitely gets Come on. Come on. No, that, that makes a lot of sense in the world. I mean, you need to get educated on all things financial, and uh, this is, this is cer cer certainly no different. So I appreciate that. Well, Bonnie, thanks for coming back on. Where can people learn more about you, and how can people engage with you? Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, so, you know, a couple of things um, that I would bring to light. One is if you are a financial advisor listening in and you want to learn more about, um, there's a certificate program that I've been developing for what's called the National Association of Plan Advisors, and it's related to ESG. So I think when I talk about my purpose and empowering advisors to be educated, um, I would really, really encourage advisors to take this NAPA certificate program. And to learn more about that, you could go to NAPAESGK.org. So that's NAPAESGK.org to learn more about uh, me and my work and, and connect with one another. I think LinkedIn is the best place to go. I'm in the process of launching a new website and look forward to that coming soon. But for now, um, finding me, Bonnie Trichel, on LinkedIn is a great place to connect. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Bonnie your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. You can find Bonnie on LinkedIn and also check out the NAPAESGK.org. That's N-A-P-A-E-S-G-K.org. Thanks again, Bonnie. Thank you so much for having me. As always, it's really great to talk to you and learn more from you as well. Likewise, and until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.